daddy wants you to know a lot of the episodes have mostly clean language, but this episode has some words in it that aren't meant for all ages. So, if you have kids like me in your house, you may want to put some headphones on for this one. You've been warned. Done. 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 Gaka. Go on. Will come in. I think I said that right. Maybe. Let's try it again. Will come in. Thank you for joining Daddy Unscripted Podcast for another episode. I am going to be sitting down today. Oh, I guess I should introduce myself, right? Yes. Uh, my name is Tim Wheaton. I am the host and the creator of Daddy Unscripted. Uh, today we are going to be sitting down, or I will be sitting down with Jason Green, who is a father of two. He has a little boy and a little girl, much like myself, sort of. And uh, I have known Jason for years. I was uh have been best friends with his younger brother for, I would have to say it has been 24 years. Maybe that's a long time. That's crazy. And, uh, I've known Jason for years and we have a lot in common and, uh, have been close probably for at least 15 of those 24 years. That's a very safe number to put at that. So I asked Jason to come down and, uh, talk a little bit about his very, a uh, unique childhood uh, experience with with his father and uh, his unique experience as well with being a father. So you'll hear all about that. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's kind of teasy, right? And um, we will get into a lot of topics uh, later on as well. I will be recording a Fork in the Road episode with him, I'm sure, uh, because of all those things that we have in common. I know you guys aren't used to hearing any bad language in these episodes because I don't tend to cuss a lot, but I will have people who do cuss a lot. And I am having one on that actually emailed me and said, is it okay to cuss? And I said, yes, absolutely. You can cuss. I don't want people who sprinkle their conversations with uh, F-bombs and bad language to have to work to not do it because of my podcast. So that's why I marked the entire podcast explicit because I know I will have some episodes where people are cussing left and right. So I just wanted to let you know that this episode contains some language you may not want your little kids to hear. So make sure you're either listening to it where they cannot hear or put on your headphones. And uh, let's just get to the episode because I'm just kind of rambling and let's cut right to it, shall we? So here we go. Tim, like the Enchantor. The Enchant, yes. Greetings. (laughs) All right. So uh, here with Jason Green. Welcome. Thank you. Um, We are recording in my non-studio studio and... Jason, I will give you a little background on how we know each other. So uh, it would be through Josh, Jason's younger brother, number two of four. Uh, Jason is the oldest. Who Josh went to my high school, though I didn't really know him. He was a, I believe he was going to be a freshman after, the year after I graduated. So I was a senior And the very first experience I had of Josh was we had our big senior chapel that was like, 
you know, we went to a private school and that was the chapel that was just for seniors. Only seniors could talk. Yeah. So on and so forth. Josh went up <laughs> who none of, none of us in the senior class knew who this kid was. <laughs> and I can't remember what he said, but it was hilarious because it was just so completely random. And that was very clearly Josh, but I forget you're, you're actually closer in age to me. Oh, way closer. Yeah. How old are you? 46. Okay. Well, I'm 43. Yeah. And, and Josh, Josh is, is 42. So actually, no, uh, I guess. I'm, yeah. How, how does that work? No, he couldn't have just been a freshman then. No, no. That's right. I'm way off. Yeah. He was. He must've been a sophomore. Junior. Yeah. 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 He was two years behind me. Yeah. That's right. So then I didn't see him again or whatever, probably until I was maybe 20 or no, uh, maybe 19 and really? started working at Coast Hills at a church mm-hmm. uh, where Josh was a member of. He wasn't doing anything other than just being a high schooler, I think. Josh went to church? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, it's news. Did you not know any of this? No, I know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so we would, I became friends with him and Josh, who you listeners will experience later on in the show's episodes. But Josh, Josh and I became, Which Josh are we talking about? Uh, your Josh. Okay. Uh, Josh Green, I will say, yeah, uh, and myself and Josh Lanting became basically inseparable trio mm-hmm. uh, for years. And I think, I don't yeah. know. Didn't you have a band? We did. We were in a band together. Yeah. But you were. I was old. You were was, already gone. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I would have been living probably in Washington, I would imagine. Okay. Yeah, I went to uh, Washington State. Yes. And uh, was living up there for several years. So Did that you? would have been most of that during like most of that time. But yeah. I would come down and, and, and like see you guys and, right. and, and, you know, be around you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't really want to be around you, but I well, was around yeah. you. Couldn't really avoid you. <laughs> I'm, you know. a, I'm a plague. Yeah. Something like that. Then we became friends sort of during that time. I mean, we would see you and we went up to Wes's parties up in Lompoc and you were there. And, yeah. Um, which were always fun. Yes. And there and, was never any, um, illicit substances or activities no. going on there at all. It was always just good, wholesome fun. No, you know, these charades. were kids parties with yeah. face painting, yeah, bounce houses, bounce houses. <laughs> good yeah. times. Yeah. Good times. There was a, an epic day of kite flying though, that yeah. uh, was completely normal. Yeah, that was, um, then you guys all went out to Minnesota Yes. Uh, which I with Josh Lanting. Yes. And Josh Josh's. Green. And I was very close to going, but instead I, instead I lived in Europe. Yeah. So it was it's Minnesota, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, or Europe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a tough choice. It's pretty much the same. I Most, think you made the wrong choice. Yeah, probably. Where in Europe? I was living in uh, Northern England, Northwest. Yes. Yeah, that sounds actually a lot like Minnesota. Obviously yeah. cold and miserable. It, it was actually because. It was December when I moved out there mm. and or January, early That's January. summer maybe. there, right? Oh, yeah. It was actually, <laughs> I, I remember actually mm. and factually uh, snowing one day when I walked into town from the university to get our groceries. And it was about a 30 to 45 minute walk uh, through driving snow, carrying like 
two bags of groceries and I had a hiker's backpack full of groceries as well. It was did you, miserable. Did you put like warm, like foil wrapped potatoes in your boots to keep you warm? Or no, like, what's- my feet basically were potatoes after yeah. that was over. Yeah, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Uh, it was a great time though, but I did not have the Minnesota experience that you guys all had. And then I, it was great. I think then it, winter, it's just very random that. I would see you here and there, and then we just suddenly kind of became closer. I don't, I really don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. We've hung out quite a bit though. Yeah, for a while. Do yeah. we, do we play like games together and stuff? I mean, do you, is, was there any of that? Because I know I used to hang out with a lot of other uh, friends of Josh's, and we would play like the, uh, you know, like the the Star Wars card game oh. and stuff like that. You were never, you never, you were never on that team. I wasn't. Lot. I was not in that group, and yeah. I I almost was at one point, but uh, yeah. I remember going over to your parents' house at one point and everybody was, they were trying to teach me how to, you know, you roll this for your dexterity or whatever and that kind of stuff. Let's not talk about that. I I missed it. it. I missed out on that. I was doing something else. But yeah, no, and I mean, we, we, uh, you know, actually it's funny because like one of the, excuse me, one of the memories that I have of hanging out with you, we went and saw a zombie movie together and it was Dawn of the Dead. The it remake? was yeah, it was the remake of Dawn of the Dead. I yeah, remember. It was phenomenal. I had so much fun. I remember Such because that very movie. first scene where the little girl tries to yes. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't oh, seen yeah. it. If but you haven't when seen the, that movie, you should go see it. Right where now. the little girl Turn comes in the room. All you Walking Dead lovers should really go back and see that movie because truly, I had been uh, not raised, but. I was watching all those older zombie movies when I was a kid, and that's yeah. why I wanted to see that movie so bad. And that was the first time I remember seeing running zombies. Oh, so rad. And so, like, those car crashes and the everything scene was crazy. Where they come out of the, they, she comes out of the bathroom. She crawls out of the bathroom window and she lands on her lawn, and it does this, like, slow one shot pan yes. across the whole neighborhood. Yeah. And it's just chaos. Yeah. So rad. It's such a great movie. Uh, you know what? I got to watch that. <laughs> we're we're going to, we're going to pause and watch that movie. And we'll come back <laughs> Can we do that in a right couple now? hours? <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that's kind of the introduction of Jason. Uh, we have been good friends for years, uh, which kind yeah, of I've known you for a long else. time. Yeah. Yeah. So as we go into that, so we had a little conversation <laughs> off Mike earlier that we were, as I was kind of prepping you for this, not, mm-hmm. not so much a fluffing, but a prep. No, yeah, there was no fluffing. No. I'm disappointed. But. Yeah, I'm sorry. We are going to venture back into your to get to where you are as a father, which I won't say anything about. We'll leave that as a little tease. Yeah. Um, but we are going to go back to uh, your history of being fathered. So huh. um, wherever that yeah. best starts for you. So, um, hmm. So going way back, right? So my my childhood was pretty was pretty um, interesting, I guess, uh, because and I was thinking about this on the drive over, and I was listening to Gordon Lightfoot um, mm. because that's the music that you listen to if you're trying to get into a dad frame of mind. Yes, and um, I was just thinking about like what what's up with my ch- you know what what was going on in my childhood and and like how did that shape me and how did that change. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the, you know, the, the change later, but so I was born in the Naval hospital in Coronado Mm. in San Diego. 
And I lived there for literally two weeks and my parents uprooted and we moved to Wisconsin and we lived there for six months and then we uprooted and we moved to like somewhere in the deep South, I think like Alabama or Mississippi, uh, Montgomery, Georgia. I don't, I don't know. And, uh, my childhood until I was nine years old, we basically moved pretty much constantly. My dad was, well, first he was in the Navy. That's why I was born in the Naval hospital. And then he got out of the Navy basically the day I was born. And, um, and then he worked for Oscar Meyer and Sears and my, the story that I always tell, and this is kind of my impression of it was that he was kind of a fixer for those companies, uh, a guy that would go to divisions or departments that were underperforming hmm. and kind of turn them around. Hmm. And so he'd be there short term and then he'd move and go on to the next one. So we moved a lot when I was a kid and it's, you know, the interesting thing about that is, is that I kind of have this wanderlust, mm -hmm. but I repress it because of, you know, what happened when I was nine years old, my mm -hmm. dad was killed in a plane crash. And so that was a fairly drastic change to my yes. life. And at the time, so we, so we lived in uh, San Diego, Wisconsin, um, somewhere in the deep South, let's, let's say Alabama, Arkansas, uh, New Jersey, I'm not New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. And then we moved back to California when I was, I want to say Haley's Comet, was that 77? I don't know if somebody's listening and, and, you know, just, just look up the last time that Haley's Comet passed because you that will be was, the one person who knows. Yeah. That was the year that I moved back to California. It was, it was after the end of the, uh, the, the centennial. So mm -hmm. 1976, it was after the bicentennial. And so it was, it was 1977 was Haley's Comet. There we go. There I just go. did the math. And so we were living in California from 77. My dad was killed in a plane crash in 79. The plane crash was DC 10 out of O'Hare. Uh, at the time, the largest air disaster in us history, 250 some odd people killed. And, um, it, you know, I don't People are curious about this thing, you think? So it was, yeah. the, it was the uh, 1970 – God, maybe it was 78 actually that it happened. Mm -hmm. The uh, A bolt broke, sheared off on one of the motors and the motor dropped and then the plane was supposed to glide but instead it flipped over and crashed. So that's bad. So it was – where was it when it – Chicago. So it was just on takeoff. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So And it's – so crazy story. Can I digress? Go oh. Digress so away. crazy story. So um, through a weird sort of turn of events, my job, you know, a year and a half ago was um, researching into nonprofits and schools kind of falls into that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I came, I was doing a search for schools in a certain area and uh, I saw just flashing on, on Google as I'm like kind of burning through. And I see this, the flight number and I don't, it was 972 or something like that. So what happened was there was a woman who was a, I think she was a principal at this school and her parents, both of her parents were on that plane hmm. and her students found out and they, they, they decided that they wanted to build a memorial. There'd never been a memorial. I mean, it was, this was a Delta airlines flight and Delta airlines was like, well, we don't really want to publicize this right. and build a memorial. Yeah. Understandable. But the students found out and they wanted to build a memorial. So they 
they did. They got all this money together and they built this memorial. And so there is now in Chicago, um, just outside of Chicago, outside of O'Hare, where the plane crashed, they've built this beautiful garden hmm. and they built this uh, bricks, this like little brick wall. And each brick has the name of one of the oh, really? people on wow. it. So I see this lady's, you know, this pop up randomly in this Google search. I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. That's crazy. I wonder. And you know, so I sent her an email and sure enough, you know, she's got this, she has all this information and she has the full list of all the people that were on the flight. She wow. sends me pictures of my brick with my dad's name on oh, it and stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. Super cool. You know, so that was, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and so this interesting thing is, is that I don't know if those are your formative years, but from birth until eight or nine years old, we moved like every six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have this sort of wanderlust, you know, and I mean, you've known me for a while and you've seen me kind of bounce around and, and, you know, so, you know, I, I, I was living in Southern California and then somebody says, Hey, we should move to Washington, go to school. I was like, cool. So I moved to Washington Mm -hmm. and then I'm in Washington and somebody says, Hey, it'd be great if we went to Minnesota. I was like, awesome. And I'm off to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Then I moved back and I'm living at the vineyard. Right, right, right. Yes. And, you know, this, I meet this, this guy and he's like, Hey, I'm opening this restaurant. It's in Springfield, Missouri. And I'm like, cool, Missouri. And off I go to Missouri. So that sort of wanderlust persisted through my adult life. Mm-hmm. And I never really gave it a lot of thought. I just was like, I'm I like, spontaneous. Yeah, and yeah. I like to move and, yeah. you know, whatever. But it kind of connects back, I think, to, you know, and I'm sure if somebody psychoanalyzed me, they'd, you know, well, Aside from all the other disastrous things they discover, but you know, I think that that, that that that's what they think. You know, that that's kind of what that was. So the interesting thing is, is that my mom remarried, and you know, the guy that she remarried is awesome. He's a good stepdad, and I don't think of him as my stepdad because he's been my stepdad for a really long time. I right. mean, you know, I'm 46 now, so 37 years, 36. I don't know, whatever. How many? However many years it was. And he's not like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so do you, so, so the thing that's interesting to me is, is that I don't think that it's one way or the other is the right way to live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's like, oh, you know, bouncing around every six months is bad or, oh, putting down deep roots and staying in one place and leaving mm-hmm. is bad. bad. Right. Um, one is certainly more typical than the other. Yeah. And, you know, my wife, Heidi, um, she's very much got deep roots. Mm-hmm. Her parents have lived in the same house since like 1964. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. they still live there, yeah. you know? And so, you know, Heidi gets, she gets super attached to things and places. And I don't have that attachment at all. Mm-hmm. You know, if you came to me, if you're my wife and, God help us all. But if this is getting my, weird already. But, but if you're my wife and you come to me and you're like, hey, I got a job offer. We're going to Alaska. I'm like, cool. Let's, let's do it. pack. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but, you know, when I say, hey, you know, gosh, it's so expensive living in South Orange County. Maybe we should look at, you know, moving to someplace else. Mm-hmm. She breaks out in a cold sweat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that, um, you know, so it's interesting. I, I, I I've lived kind of my childhood had two very distinct phases to it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely still have that wanderlust because all the time I'm like, can I say fuck? 
Yes. All the time I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I hate living in South Orange County. Let's move to, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. But I then I said this earlier, I repress that. You right. Know? And not because I think that it's the wrong thing to do, but mm-hmm. simply because it makes my life a hell of a lot easier to happy wife, happy life. It's not even well, yeah, and that's that's definitely a big piece of it. Right. But it makes my life a lot easier to be in one place and have yeah. you know a little bit deeper roots and 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 now, you know, I have kids, right? Um, which is why we're talking, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a dad, pretty much. And yeah. and now I'm like, and now we have kids, and now I think about it, you know, like, well, what would happen if I, you know, if I just uprooted my family, started doing what you were, six months, yeah, 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 you know, and like, what would that do to my kids? And and the funny thing is, is my kids are, you know, but. We're going to let the cat out of the bag. I have Go twin. ahead. I have twins. My yes. kids are nine. That's how old I was when, you know, my dad died. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I might've been eight, but whatever. But so it's, so it's almost, it would be flipped, you know, mm-hmm. like if I were to convince my wife, like, Hey, we're packing it up and we're, we're bailing. It would be the exact opposite. And how would that, you know, how would their life looked if all of a sudden we started moving a lot? Right. So you are eight or nine years old. You're living in California. Yep. Your dad is in this horrific accident that is mm. is so. I mean, I plane crashes are. Can we still call them rare? Oh, they're super rare. So they're still rare. But back then, I mean, you know, a lot have happened since then to large aircraft with lots of passengers. I mean, yeah. that's it's not common but it has happened i would say at least once every three years at least i mean we just had one yeah i mean it happens more to non-domestic airlines these days right it's not things like that where a bolt is no something and yeah but so this is a a kind of a i mean it's the biggest one of its at the time at the time and so i know you were really young but how is that just completely aside from the obvious kind of how does your mom hold your family together yeah and hold it together for herself too um beatings (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding uh mom don't listen to this um no i mean you know it was interesting i mean it it just there was no there was never any discussion Mm -hmm. you know um so the day that it happened, I come home from school and my whole family's at the house, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like just old enough, just, and I mean, Josh is like five, right? four or five. Right. Like he's, he's an idiot. Well, he's still an idiot, but, but I, you know, I mean, it's like, I come home and I'm like, and I, I think I even like made a wisecrack, like, oh, did somebody die? You know, which <laughs> that's just so that's my time. Very, in, yeah. In yeah. My exactly. entire life, you know, but Um, so my whole family's there and the the crazy thing is, is that like, you know, I mean, something like that brings the whole family together, right? Right. It's a tragedy and everybody's like, oh, and you know, and then three days later they all leave, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's not like I expect, you know, grandma to stay with us forever, you know, or, you know, whoever. Um, so you go through this like weird transition where, and I remember, um, my uncle takes, 
my brother and I for a walk. And at the time we were living in Garden Grove and there was this Twin Lakes Freedom Park across the street from our house, hmm. and, which was really just a sewer runoff and some grass. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're like, we're walking around and my uncle's giving me the, you're the man of the house now speech. And by the way, dads, don't give that speech to mm-hmm. your son. Don't mm-hmm. do that. That's a shitty thing to do to your kid. You know? What does that mean? Yeah. But uh, I'm nine years old and I'm yeah. like, I, wait, what? I'm the man of the house. I'm nine. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, I was feeding spiders to anthills today. I'm not the man of the house. <laughs> yeah. You jackass. Um, well, I guess I better get a job. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, damn, I better start smoking and uh, yeah. find myself a wife. Um, so yeah, so it, it was, you know, I, re- I just remember like walking around the park and, and, you know, having this conversation with my uncle and it's like, whoa, okay. So I'm going to have some guidance from my uncle. And then three days later, like uncle Danny's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. Like I said, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. But there was never any like, okay, now we have a whole new set of rules. Right. Uh, it was basically, you know, this is our life now. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps churning on. And I took a couple of days off from school and, you know, and then it was back to school. And apparently they made like a big announcement at school. And mm-hmm. by the way, schools don't do that either. Yeah. Um, because then every kid in school is like, oh, wait, it's the kid whose dad died in the airplane crash. Yeah. You know, and it's like, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. You know, um, it's that scene in a movie or a TV show that you always are like, that is so not true. But you are like walking through the hallways and everybody's staring at you and whispering behind their hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, completely, you know, and and I mean, like and 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 some kids are great. Yeah. And, you know, they're they come up to you and they're just, you know, they're awesome and they just want to be your friend. Right. You know, they just they're like taking your mind off it and let's go play. Yeah. you know, and then some kids are total assholes about right. it, you know, and they're like, you don't have a dad anymore and yeah. I'm going to kick your ass. And, you know, I, so, but, it, but it was, there was never any, it just, it just was what it was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and life just continues to move forward. And, you know, I don't think I don't. So this is interesting. I don't really remember my mom working during that time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, Oh, you know, mom's going to go to work. And so in, in that sense, I think we were different mm-hmm. than households without a dad. Right. Um, you know, I mean, my mom was, and, and is, a, she was a housewife and she just continued to play that role. Right. And it's not, you know, she didn't go work in a bank or something like that. Um, so there was something somewhere happening because mm-hmm. we had a house right. and I, I don't know if we owned it. I think we owned it. Yeah. So somehow those let's mortgage, get your mom on the phone. Yeah, let's call her up, Bonnie. <laughs> let's, but but so somehow those mortgage payments were still being made, and you know, and 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 things were still moving forward, and then you know, and then of course years later there was a settlement, and mm-hmm. you know, and then there was money, and houses were paid for, and right. you know, so in a sense it was it was um, uh, just you know, so much different from the normal, like single parent household. Right. We never had that experience. Like, yeah. You know, and, and it's like, uh, you know, you watch these basketball players and, and, you know, I mean, they grew up and, you know, I mean like uh Ricky Rubio's mom just died and, and uh Carl Anthony Towns, like, you know, there's no love, like a mother's love, you know, like right. I feel so bad for my brother right now. And yeah. It's like, you know, 
we just we just didn't have a dad but yeah but everything kind of stayed the same Mm -hmm. you know so we didn't there was no struggle for us the you know i've talked a little bit about your brother josh and my connection to him so there was one time that i actually talked with him about your dad Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really much of a conversation at all we were uh, working at junior high camp (laughs) and i i can't remember what happened i think we were sitting in something and this guy was talking and he just reminded me of my dad Mm -hmm. and this would have been gosh maybe three years after my dad had died so it was very fresh for me yeah and i just lost it and was just bawling and was inconsolable and went back to where we were staying and the cabin or whatever we were in and was just in there just completely lost it. I mean, embarrassingly so. <laughs> and your brother and another friend of ours, Mark, who you've met, Mark Chapman. Yeah, I know Mark. Um, so they both came down and kind of left the assembly that we were in and were kind of not really knowing what to say and just kind of sitting in there or whatever. And I think I said to your brother, I kind of explained what was going on. And I said, I've never, ever heard you talk about your dad ever. Uh Do you think about it at all? Do you have you ever thought about it? It's crazy that you we've never talked about it. You never say a single thing about it or anything. And he just I want to say he was kind of noncommittal on it and probably didn't want to even kind of get into it knowing who Josh is yeah, uh, and was (laughs) like, no, I think about it, but I just don't want to talk about it. And I was like, you know, kind of at my blubbery core at that point, it was, I think probably looking more for a connection at that point. And I was like, wow, I just don't get how you kind of do that. But he was also, he was five. Yeah. I was five at the time. So it was completely different. So, uh, I didn't really wasn't really thinking about that part of it, but yeah, it was that was the only time that I've ever discussed yeah. anything with him, and I don't know how much recollection he has of your dad. I'm sure there must be something. I mean, even for me, there's not much. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, obviously, especially now because it was a long time ago, but, right? But you know, I mean, for for Josh, even then, you know, I mean, even ten years later, he probably had you know very little. Yeah. And also because, you know, I mean, my my dad traveled a lot, I think. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's like, you know, we're so young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're so young and and memory's so unreliable anyways. Yeah. You know. Especially as you get older. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just in general, you know, I mean, you don't really remember, you know, things accurately. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have impressions, you know, of, you know. I mean, obviously my dad was traveling when he died. Right. But, you know, I mean, it's like I don't really remember like, you know, doing a lot with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, I was, we were, and I mean, he was even younger than I was and I don't really have a lot of recollections. How old was he when he died? Got it. Couldn't have been more than five. No, no, no. How old was Oh, my was dad, dad, 29, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was young. So he, that was weird too, like getting being older than my dad was when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I remember thinking about that with my other friend Jason, who I don't know if you ever knew him, Jason Redarmel, uh, who kind of. 
was kind of one of my best friends in high school who just basically had some kind of heart defect that nobody knew about and was standing talking with some people and just collapsed and was dead. Basically. I remember that. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And he was 39, I think, when it happened. And I I was a little over a year younger than him. And I remember, like, for a couple of years thinking, I'm hitting 40. And he never hit 40. Yeah. And he never hit 41. Just, like, really thinking about that. And, yeah. I mean, he le- he led a completely different life from me. He had his kids much younger than I did and yeah. whatnot. But so then your family is moving along as it's moving along. And then your mom remarries. Yeah. So there was a, there was a lady who lived across the street. Her name was Rhonda. Rhonda used to throw some parties. Mm. And this is, so this is, this is late seventies. Oh yeah. yeah. This is late seventies. Okay. And, uh, you know, Rhonda was throwing a party and my mom goes to the party. This is totally just my recollection. I could be completely wrong. And maybe <laughs> right. they met in church. Right. Um, it's like a Tupperware meeting in church. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But there's this dude there, this like tall, you know, this tall, lanky, good looking dude with long hair starting to lose it maybe a little bit in the front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they hit it off and, uh, you know, and then a few years later, they got married. I think I got married in 81. And, um, you know, and then my brother Mike was born in 82. And Brandon was born in 85, 6. Probably 86. Sorry, Brandon. He's got to be at least four years younger than Mick, right? Yeah. Sorry, so, uh, oh, I could tell you exactly. Actually, Brandon was born in 1986 uh, because he was, I was 16 when he was born. There you go. Yeah. So big spread. Yeah. Know, kind of every four years. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. And I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, Mike is, you know, super cool guy, mm-hmm. but you know, the relationship's different. I was, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Right. Um, when they got married and, you know, I mean, our relationship is, is good. He's a good guy. Uh, love him. Um, but it's not like your typical father son relationship, right? You know, there is somewhat of a what, what I, I don't even well, know what you would call it a gap or a breach, or and he's only, he's only like 16, maybe 17 years older than I am, too. right? Like, I have friends as old as my dad, yeah, you yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and and I, I mean, from my many, many experiences with him, he was always, you know, he's he's a a very typical, I don't know, I, he's a dad. Like, that's oh, yeah. just who he is. He makes dad jokes. He yep. was always very friendly, um, but not, you know, not in a trying too hard kind of way or anything like that. And, yeah. um, you know, was never, I, I never saw him be too overbearing or anything like that. But no, and look at it from his side, right? Like he meets this chick, she's kind of hot, you know, they're, they're, you know, and and they get married and all of a sudden he's got like an 11 year old son and a seven right. year old son. Yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't take that on. Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, you know, that's gotta be kind of, that had to have been pretty weird for him. And so interesting sort of side note on that, you know, he offered to adopt Josh and I, mm. and we both declined. So did he do that right away after the marriage? Pretty or? quick, okay. yeah, pretty quick. Um, but, you know, and, and I don't really, 
And I'd have to talk to Josh and see if he remembers this. I don't know. I don't think Josh and I ever even had a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to be adopted by? Right. But it was just kind of like, and I think for me, it was really just like, do you want to be a Gilberstadt? And I was like, mm, I like my I last like name better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was like, yeah, no offense, you know, dad, but, uh, if but it, yeah, your last name, like if it had been like Gilbert, maybe I'd right. have gone for it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's just, a, that's too many syllables. I was thinking about my signature. Yeah. And, you know, it's a silent D before yeah, the, what is what that? The hell? Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't get down with that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so do you remember, did he ever have any kind of, I'm, I, I always feel like I'm super ignorant and the obvious, uh, son who only had one dad when I think of these things, but did he ever kind of have the discussion with you? Was there ever a talk like um, the normal version of what happened in the movie Step Brothers? You know, not a comedic sense of it, but Damn, a. I got to see that movie because I don't know what you're. You've never seen Step Brothers? No. Do you like to laugh? I, I enjoy it quite okay. a bit. Do you yeah. like Will Ferrell? I enjoy him oh, quite a bit too. See that movie. So, okay. did you ever have the like? So I'm gonna be your dad now. You <laughs> don't have to call me dad. Ah, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's pretty funny actually because yes, we did have that ah. conversation. What do you want to call me? Uh-huh. And I was like, and it was funny because for a while I think I used to call him like dad dude. Oh yeah, because I was like dad dude. I was like twelve, and you know, just thought that would be a cool thing to call your dad. Yeah, dad, dad dude. Um, but but you know, I, now I just call him dad, and I think I probably have for a really long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we totally had that discussion. Yeah, you know, what do you want to call me? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, like just I'm a, I'm a kid. I don't know. Tell me what to call you. Yeah, and I'll call you whatever you want. You know. Okay, so here's a cool story. So I used to be a paper boy. That was my first job, Orange County Register. Nice. Represent. On a bike or in on a, a car? Bike. On oh, a bike. On a okay. bike. Yeah, they wouldn't let me drive a car when I was 13. I didn't know how. They should have, but. I mean, it was, your brother didn't have a job until he was what? Josh? Yeah. So yeah. when you say my first job was as yeah. a paper boy. I, I, I worked, I, I had a paper route in Garden Grove. Mm. Um, and by the way, like, okay, so quick. So back in the then here's why we don't have paper boys anymore, right? So I would, you know, wake up at three AM on a Sunday and I'd roll over to this douchebag Kevin's house mm-hmm. and I'd wrap up all my papers, you know, and I'd take each section and put them all together and put a rubber band mm-hmm. around them or put them in a paper. The best was the days it was raining because then they'd bag them Plastic for you. Bag, yeah. Awesome. Oh, um, so they were already all they put would together. already be bagged oh, was the nice. best thing ever. But if it wasn't raining, then you had to do it yourself. Right. And so then I'd load up my canvas bags in my bike and I'd roll around to all the houses and I'd deliver everybody's papers, right? But the sketchy thing was collections. They had the paper boys do the collections. There was no billing. So I'd walk – like I used to deliver to an apartment building and I'd be like banging on people's doors (laughs) and like – I'm 13 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, hey, Mister, your uh, your seven dollars for your for your for your, <laughs> for your paper register. for your registers due. Yeah, like how I didn't get molested. I just, I, I guess it's just sheer dumb luck. <laughs> Are you the one who keeps throwing it in my garden? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it, but it was cool because we'd get tipped. 
Mm-hmm. You know, hey, if you put it on the doorway, I'll give you an extra $2. Huh. You know, it's like, dude, I put your paper on the doorway freaking 30 times this month. You gave me yeah. $2? Where, you owe me 60 You owe me 60 bucks, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was super sketchy, though, that we would do that. Yeah, and that then, like, we would all get rounded up, like, once a month. All the paper boys in the area, we'd get uh-huh. rounded up. And then we'd go at night, like, door to door, like, knocking on people's doors, seeing if they wanted to subscribe to the paper. Oh, man. I mean, the register. That's the worst. Child labor. Yeah. That's like seriously. Child labor. And we got paid jack. I got oh, paid yeah. Diddly squat. You know, probably made 15 bucks a week. I wonder when that finally came to light and got <sighs> shut down. I don't know. Some kid got snatched and, you know, yeah. something, yeah. you know, and that was like, well, the register's like, well, fat cat's over there. Well, I guess we can't do that anymore. And child labor. Trains. We've all been waiting for that, guys. And it's fi- <laughs> finally, that shoe finally dropped. So. <laughs> Yeah, pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, pretty brutal. Um, so what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about your first job. Oh, um, yeah. So that was that was my oh. So so the interesting story there was there was one day. Um, so when somebody would be out like on vacation or something, mm-hmm. then one of the other paper boys would like pick up their route. Mm-hmm. And so this one, this one day I was working this other kid's route. And so I had like twice as much to do. And those, they were always nightmare days because you didn't know the other kid's route and you wanted to make sure you got it, whatever. Right. So I show up to go pick up my papers and all my papers are completely folded, rubber bands around them, like mm. completely ready to go. And, you know, 13 year old optimistic kid, I just have this like immediate, um, assumption that my stepdad woke up at two in the morning and rolled down there and folded up all my papers for Uh, me, you know, to make my life easier. And it was like a turning point for me, like mentally. And I think that I probably just fooled myself and I'm sure like he didn't do it. It was probably like the, the register was like, Hey, we got this new system to wrap up the papers, check it out. And this kid's subbing in. So let's help him out. And, uh, so, you know, so I go and I do the route and then I come home and I'm like, oh man, thanks for doing that. I love you. Uh That was like the first time I ever said, I love you to my stepdad, you know? And so that was like the turning point, you know? And he's like, he's like, Bonnie, I have no idea what he thinks I did, but I'm accepting it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so Uh, that's pretty funny. That was a horrible mic voice, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Uh, so, okay. Let's move ahead towards today yeah well no towards nine years ago mm. um so you are you have been married to heidi how long before you guys have the kids or well we just had our 17 year anniversary okay so we got married in 99 the kids so were about born eight in, years the kids were born in 2006 okay so you were how old when you got married then oh 29 so you were 29 uh, yeah and that was she quick was, math, that by was the way. Amazing. But being born on 1970 it's makes everything makes a little easier, bit easier, right? Yeah. So thanks for that. Uh, You're welcome. So you are purposely waiting through all those years. Oh yeah, you ever see the movie Idiocracy? No. What? I know you have to watch Step, watch Brothers. Step Brothers. I have to watch, watch Idiocracy. Idiocracy. So Idiocracy, there's like this lame yuppie couple. And they're, they're, they're doing these two vignettes. So the one is the, the yuppie couple and they're like, well, we really want to have kids, but we're just waiting for the stock market to turn around. Mm-hmm. And then they go to like, they flash to like the trailer park and he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck all y'all. And his like, his, like his, his family tree is like, boop, 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 
<laughs> and it's just expanding. And then they flash back to the yuppie couple and they're like, well, you know, he just changed jobs. And so we're just waiting for things to get a little bit uh, more. Yeah. And um, that was kind of us. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But we were like we kept saying, um, you know, well, you know, we just bought the house. And, right. And, you know, and, and, and so we were just, well, we're just not quite ready. We're yeah. not ready. And that was the only thing that was right. And finally I looked, at, I looked at my wife and I said, you know what? I don't think this is really a decision that you come to rationally. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you want to have kids, you just say, fuck it, let's have some kids. Yeah. And you just have some kids. Yeah. Um, because the minute that you start rationalizing it, you start coming up with reasons why it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the political climate is a little yeah. sketchy right now. Trump might become president. Yeah. So. Like, do I want to have my children to be born in yeah. a world where Trump is president? You know, so it's, let's wait another four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we kind of waited for a little while and we kind of went back and forth. And do we want to do this? Do we not want to do this? And then I was like, you know what? If we're going to do it, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it sure is fun practicing. And, um, so we just, we went for it and it didn't work. And it didn't work and it didn't work and it didn't work and it didn't work. And so then we enlisted some outside help. Um, you know, we, we talked to, you know, different experts mm-hmm. and went to the doctor and they gave Heidi Clomid. Okay. I've heard of it with Clomid. Yep. So Clomid is a, you know, it's basically, it, it makes the woman produce multiple eggs. Mm-hmm. And so it has a 5% chance of twins. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's not true. I mean, if you look at like 500, I'm sorry, we, somebody scratched out <laughs> yeah. the one and the zero before this. It's a yeah. 105% yeah. chance. This is an accounting error. Yeah. We fired Bob. Yeah. Because he fucked up with a decimal point there. It turns out it's a 50% chance. Um, so, yeah. So we, we did we did Clomid one time. And, oh, wow. Um, and, and then Heidi was, was instantly pregnant, and, um, which is cool. And, um, you know, we have uh, science to thank for our children, mm-hmm. which I think is, is fun. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I I like it. I, I would have grown them in a test tube if I had my druthers. Yeah. Um, so how long were you guys trying before you took the Clomid route? Um, not that long. Oh, okay, we're kind of quitters. Yeah. <laughs> well, six months. I mean, maybe. you were at that point not too long. You were already what thirty seven or thirty six? Thirty. Well, I was thirty five. Okay, and Heidi is yeah. she's a she's. A year and a half younger than I am. Okay, so yeah, she's a year and ten months younger than I am. I mean, you're not really. She's at like thirty three point, but you're getting closer to it and thinking if we're gonna have more than one, not realizing the error that Bob made in accounting, freaking Bob, that you are gonna want to kind of make this happen. So I completely get that. Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to have. It needs to be hard, Tim. That's part of the process. Oh, hey yo, hey yo, Bob. Jokes. Somebody call Bob. Uh, so, I mean, I, I we went through that with Delilah. We, I think, we're about at a year, and it's frustrating as all get out because you don't want to do the finger pointing, but you're basically kind of, in a way, a little bit sort of doing it. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And and questioning in your mind, like. 
What's I mean, wrong did with you your have to uterus, get your sperm woman? tested? Oh yeah, we did all okay. the tests, yeah. and everything kept saying kept coming back Everybody's normal. Fine. Yeah, and I was like, "Are we just not having enough sex? We need to have let's have more sex. That sounds great." Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, "Well, it needs to be you know the timing needs right, to be right. right." And now all of a sudden you're like, you know, procreation sex. Well, you're you're calendaring it, right? You know, and and it's and it's so lame. Yeah. You know, and it just takes all the spontaneity out of yeah. it and everything. And I was like, you know, we're we've we're tracking, you know, uh, God, what's it called? Sperm facilitating mucus and right. like all this crazy medical. Yeah. And I'm like, this, wow, this is romantic. Yeah, it's you know? so frustrating. And you're like looking at the day, you're looking at the hour. Yeah. yeah. And it's was stupid. she like taking her temperature? Oh, dude, like oh, yeah. the whole nine, yeah. you know. And so finally, I was like. So finally we were just in, we were in the doctor and the doctor's like, you guys are totally normal. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's testing fine. You know, sperm counts good, blah, blah, blah. You know, you shouldn't be having any problems. It's just a timing thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, let's fucking kickstart the timing then. Let's do it all the time. Yeah. Is what you're you telling know? me, doc? Yeah. Like, right. Let me slip you a 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did the, we did the Clomid and then Heidi instantly got pregnant with, with twins and the, the, you know, and, and, uh, so we're like eight weeks in maybe. Mm-hmm. And we're at the, we're at the OBGYN and, um, we're doing the ultrasound mm-hmm. and the doctor's like, he's moving the thing around on the belly and he's like, Oh look, there's a. You know, ooh, there's a heartbeat. It's very exciting. We're like, yay! And he's like, mm-hmm. ooh, oh, wait a minute. There's a there's another heartbeat right there. And we're like, yay! And then he's like, oh, you know what? I think there might be a third one back there. And he's like, I'm not. I don't see a heartbeat, but I think there's a third one. No way. And so you do this mental math in your head, right? Like, so okay, so yay! First one, woo! We finally yeah, did it, yeah. yay! And then the second one, you're like. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so then you're like, so then you're, so then you're doing this in your head. All right. I'm picturing myself three years from now and both kids can walk and we're, you know, we're at the park in front of a freeway mm-hmm. and one kid takes off that way and one kid takes off that way. And I'm like, I got that one. You get that one. Awesome. You throw that third one into the mix. Yeah. He says that third one. And I'm like, okay, I got that one. You got that one. And Fucking good luck. Yeah. We're going to need another wife. <laughs> Hope it works out for you. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, but no, there was not a third one. Um, there was just the two. So how long did that thought continue though? Was that shut couple down? Weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. A couple weeks. It was shut down pretty quick, but still it was a couple weeks of like, uh, are we going to need to sell our right. house? We're going right. to need a bigger house. We're going to need full-time care. Yeah. Um, we're going to, what's a night nanny cost? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. it's just, you, it's like chiching, chiching, chiching. And I mean, I think at the time I'm trying to think of where I was working at the time. I think I was, I mean, I, I was working in sales, but I was working at, you know, you were, dude, you were just out of culinary. School, oh yeah. I, I was just out of culinary. I wasn't okay. even, I was not in sales. I was working in a restaurant. Right, right. Yeah. I was working at studio at yeah. the montage. And making ten bucks an hour, <laughs> I'm like perfect. Yeah, and I and I'm uh, gonna need a little raise. Right? I've got three kids coming. Yeah, so that was sketchy. Yeah, and 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 it, it that's exactly what it was. I was making ten bucks an hour, and I mean, you know, the nice thing is, is when you're a cook, you make like you know, you get like 
60 hours of overtime a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it piles up. I think I was making like $140,000 a year, making 10 bucks an hour. That's nice. Uh, not really, but, but not um, the hours. But, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah. So now it turns out it was only the two and, and, um, yeah, that was an interesting, you know, and Heidi's a trooper. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on her feet the whole pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, she looked like the front end of a submarine mm-hmm. by the end of it. Um, and it was hilarious because we'd go to the grocery store and like old ladies would like come up to her and go, Oh my God, dear, you need to be laying down right now. <laughs> you know, sir, you need to get your wife into bed. These, this child is, is coming any moment now. You know, I like, think it just reached out and touched me. <laughs> it really did. I mean, they would seriously lose their shit. You know, I mean, yeah. they'd, they'd see her, they'd see my wife coming down the, coming down the aisle and they'd be like, my God, woman, what are you 12 months pregnant? <laughs> you know? Um, so that was always pretty funny, but yeah, I mean, literally like she went to work, she might've been working from home, but she literally worked the day the kids were born. Oh, really? She was at work and then, you know, the kids were running late, uh, Twins. Oh, she went over nine months. Well, so twins pregnancies, right? Are supposed full to be terms thirty eight weeks. Okay, okay. So thirty eight weeks, and he- Heidi's like not dilating. There's no kids coming. Oh, wow. So we we made an appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna go and be induced. And so we had we knew when it was gonna be. It was gonna be you know two o'clock on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know she worked that day, and then we we're like piled into the car, and you know so she was she was still rolling around. Wow. Um, yeah, I think um, watching my wife go through that pregnancy, and I say this a lot: um, if men had to have babies, there oh, wouldn't there wouldn't be any. There would be no babies. Yeah, we're yeah. we're, we're panty waste oh, in God. comparison. And I mean, you know, not even just you're not even just talking about the birth, the yeah. pregnancy. Yeah, was was Heidi? Did she go through the ringer? Was she sick a lot? And, no, not oh, at no. all. Oh, that, no, well, she had good. a little bit, but I mean, like she was she was a super she was a trooper. Yeah. Um, did you just call her a super trooper? I was about to. Okay. Yeah. Just clarify. I was about, she was a super trooper. (laughs) Um, so, so the birth really quickly was, did she deliver them naturally? No, they were, they were C-section. Okay. okay. Yeah. So even with the induced, the kids were like, no, I'm not coming out. Yeah. Um, Finn, uh, that's my son. Um, he was head down. Mm. Um, ready to go, but, he, but he's got a math. He had a massive noggin. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. It was huge. And Ellie was kind of like, she was like, I'm, I'm doing like kicking motions. Mm-hmm. She was like sitting above and like pushing him down. Um, but he just, he didn't want to go. And, uh, so they, we were, I think, she, you know, the, they induced and then she got the epidural. Right. And then she was in labor for, you know, like four, five, maybe six hours. Mm-hmm. And the doctor was like, yo, nothing's happening. I got dinner plans tonight. Let's just get this this done. And so we had a conversation, which is always hilarious because your wife's like, you know, she's got an epidural in her. And she's like, "Ah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And uh, so we basically, um, we went for that. We went for the C-section and, you know, 90 minutes later, the kids were born and that was crazy. Yeah. um, That's wild for those of you. Who have not yet experienced it? Who, who who are your listeners? I mean, like are these, what do you think? Have you done like a demographic analysis? Are these like, I, people who are about to have kids, just had kids? I think the majority, probably right now, of what I have seen, and this is so you people know, um, we are recording this uh, the week of the official launch to iTunes. So it 
just hit iTunes two nights ago, I think. So I don't really have any demographics yet, but okay. um, from the people that I've seen on like Facebook and whatever, yeah. um, a lot of them are current parents. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, you guys know, you know, I mean, it's, it's your kids were not born C-section, correct? No, they were yeah. both natural, both natural one, it's, one, no drugs. Yeah. Oh, that's Sawyer a, without anything. That's a terrible idea. <sighs> shouldn't do that. that is Ladies why, have the drugs. I don't know why I really should high five her every single morning. Talk, talk, talk to your doctor, uh, have the drugs. You know, there's no reason to, to go through all that pain. It's not, it doesn't even get to the kid. You know, I mean, just I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the, drugs. the reason that she did it was because it wasn't, it didn't really have anything to do with the kid. It was her. Like she got an epidural. It didn't work. Oh, she had to get a second one. Half of her, it was like she had a stroke, like mm-hmm. half of her face was drooping and she um, couldn't really tell where she was, how she was supposed to be pushing because she couldn't feel it at yeah. all. See, that's what I like. That's the no kind of feeling. weird thing. Well, yeah, but you also like, you don't know if you're doing it right, if right. you're not feeling it. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I hear you. I'm talking like you. I'm some kind of expert, but um, yeah, the the Sawyer, even though without the drugs was um, difficult, like it was just so much faster. Yeah, um, than Delilah. So, okay, I don't know. Well, I take um, it. I mean, I would take the drugs. I would. I I took an epidural before this. Yeah, yeah, I'm on one right now. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, Finn, uh, Tim is actually hooked up. To, he's got an IV in his arm right yep. now, and he's just carrying around a bag full of morphine. I've so. got that big, long <laughs> string needle straight into my spinal. You gotta right love now. it. Uh. You gotta love it. But I mean, that's that, that's a crazy operation. By yeah. the way, I mean, I what they imagine. do to the woman is like terrifying, and and you're in there, right? And like, uh, like halfway through the surgery, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I smell something burning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, and that's, I mean, you're only working on your wife, right? You know, but then and then all of a sudden they like hold up the kids. I have got crazy pictures of my kids like fresh out of jazz hands. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they're like jazz hands because they've just been exposed, like it's been torn from the wound. Yeah. you know, and they're like, what the fuck, right? And uh, it's it's just a that's a gnarly operation. It's a major surgery, and it is. And since Missy and I uh, talked about it a, a few times, it's crazy to me that women still are like, I want to schedule my C section because I just mm-hmm. don't want to. I don't want to do anything Go else. It. Yeah, you are getting your stomach like oh, it's bad. Everything cut into and through the muscle. Yeah, it's the pain that you are going to be in is intense. For well, weeks, and so. The first couple weeks after the kids were born, mm-hmm. so we're so we're in the hospital for four days afterwards, mm-hmm. and um, the nurses are great because they wake you up every thirty minutes. So they don't like get any sleep, right? And um, they're they're constantly talking at like full volume conversations right outside your door. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Um, love the nurses. No, I really do. Actually, they're they're pretty cool. But so the first two weeks after we get home from the hospital are we're just punishing because Heidi basically like I got her up the stairs mm-hmm. and into bed and it was basically was like that. you have to stay here for the next two weeks right like the doctor like takes me aside and he's like you know your wife will die <laughs> if you let her go down the stairs wow. essentially you wow. know yeah so I'm like okay and um so I have twins and I'm basically like rolling solo because my wife's on like gnarly painkillers and she's like stitched up at the gut and 
she's she can't really help much, yeah. you know. And so we were doing, you know, she was pumping and we're doing, you know, uh, breast milk and 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 then at night a little bit of formula. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically I'm doing everything. Right. You know, I'm doing all the diaper changes, I'm doing the feedings and and maybe you can tell me this because this has always been my impression. What was your level of involvement? Give me a number like percentage wise the first like six months of your kid's life, your first child. So it, it was very high because uh, Missy with both tore during the pregnancy. So ah, okay. she was, um, she was mobile, but it was, it was very iffy yeah. um, because she was, you didn't get to experience this, but uh, she was basically making, I think what they call the underwear burrito mm, um, sounds great. or a salami sandwich. It's like a, they give them this big kind of granny panties mm. that are like mesh. And uh, then you get tux pads. Okay. And you have to like make it like a salami sandwich inside the crotch area. Oh. And they have to put that on. And when they're taking it off, it's a bloody mess. And then you're having to like, she was literally spraying. I can't, I can't remember what it is, but basically to numb the area as well. This is whenever she's having to go to the bathroom. So it was a, it was a nightmare for yeah. her. Uh, I'm making it sound like it was bad for me, but it was a nightmare for her. And yeah. she was for the most part really, really like not able to do a ton of stuff. So right. I was helping a lot. Delilah was a horrible eater. <laughs> um, so she was having to use nipple shields. It was yeah. a nightmare for her. Yeah. It was just really tough. And then if we extend on, I don't remember how many months it was, but Missy went back to work and I was working first American where I could still work from home. Mm -hmm. So I was being the stay at home dad, mom. Yeah. Um, So I was for the first uh, maybe two years of Delilah's life. I was at home with her every day. Yeah. And then Missy would come home and do whatever. So it was a, it was I was pretty heavily involved. Yeah. Yeah. Which I liked. And, and which I think is kind of from a lot of the other guys that I've talked to who had what we call in the twin world singletons is unusual. You know, I mean, a lot of the dude, I mean, like I talked to my brother, Mike, who's got two kids now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, dude, I don't even think he changed a diaper. You know, <laughs> that's funny because when we were, when you were talking just a little bit ago, I was going to say, and I wasn't going to say it out loud, but I'm going to one of my brothers who will remain nameless. And I have four of them. So people okay. can be confused on which one it was. But I remember many years ago, and he may have just been joking and thinking that it was kind of a funny thing to brag about. But I really think he might have been telling the truth when he said proudly years and years ago, I didn't change a diaper for yeah. almost nine months. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you might not have to. If you have one kid and your wife you know, springs back and yeah, is okay. And, yeah. and doesn't have a C-section and doesn't have to make the salami sandwich. And that's super disgusting, but <laughs> you're never going to look at my wife the same again. <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're, I love your wife. She's I'm going to make her always offer you a salami sandwich. Whenever you come over. <laughs> I can just put it together just, really easy. I'll just really quick. I, would you want tucks on that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's like, I, I feel like for the first, for the first several weeks I, I did everything. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because my wife was like, 
you know, at a certain point she finally got mobile again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and and she was, you know, and then she was jumped in with, you know, fully, but she was like, you need to show me how to change the diaper. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Like my wife doesn't know how to change a diaper, you know, and I've been doing this. I can change two diapers in 30 seconds. I mean, like I was like, I was like, uh, it was such a habit. You yeah. know, and it's, and it's, it was reached that point where it's, you get really good at something and then you just start achieving ridiculous levels of expertise, right. you yeah. know, and you're just like, you're just like showing off. Yeah. And I'd be like poof, poof, flipping legs up into the air and throwing and powder and pop, 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 pop. And the kids are like, you know, fed diapers, change swaddled and yeah. back to bed in literally like five minutes. You know, I was just like, I was a machine. And so I, I had to walk my wife through the process and here's how we do it, you know, mm-hmm. and it was that way with swaddling for me and us like swaddling was dude, swaddling is a art form. If you're not swaddling, you should swaddle. Yeah. Like it's seriously, if you're listening to this podcast, if you take one thing from this podcast, it should be that you should swaddle your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dude, I used to swaddle my kids. Like, so t- I swear to God, for the first 10 months of their life, they probably thought they were burritos. Mm-hmm. And that's what they always say. You, you need to make it so tight. And, and it doesn't, uh, that was one of the things too that we learned about the onesies because you feel like you're going to break their friggin' arms and shoulders when, when they're a week old and you're putting them in those little onesies and it's so tough because they're so tiny. Yeah. But they're like, you, it, it's okay. Like you, you're not going to break them doing this and it's okay to swaddle your kid tightly. You're not going to hurt them. Right. And, they, and they like it. That's, yeah, they love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I always feel badly, but kind of a, a small part in the back of my head when I see somebody swaddle a kid and their arm gets out. Like oh, I, I, I feel mistake. bad for them. But yeah, part of my head is like, ah, oh, that dude, you should have made it tighter up at the top. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I got a great story for you. So um, uh, my kids are like two years old and I was out, I was having lunch with a couple friends of mine and my buddy, his wife had just had a baby. So they had this newborn and we're at, we're at lunch and the baby's like doing the, just, just crying nonstop. And like mom's looking frazzled and my buddy's looking frazzled. And I'm like, dude, what's, you know, and I look over and the kid's just like, he's laying in his little carrier and there's just like a blanket laying on top of him. Like, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, yo, do you guys swaddle the baby? And they're like, what? And I'm like, you got to swaddle him. And they're like, well, they're like, what? And I'm like, let me see the kid. And I literally, I clear the table off. I set the kid on the table with the blanket and I'm like, I wrap him up really tight. I swaddle him. I like pull, I'm like holding him down with one hand, pulling the Mm -hmm. blanket, stretching it, making it super tight, wrapping around. And I pick him up and then I shush him. Did you do the shushing? Oh, yeah. Side on their side, shushing in the ear. And dude, like literally in 30 seconds, that kid was asleep. And my buddy looks at me like, he's like, dude, you're a fucking (laughs) wizard. And you're hired. (laughs) You're hired. And I'm just like, bro, seriously, the swaddling is magic. Swaddling and shushing is magic. Yeah, It is the thing that gets you sleep. We have that DVD and I think the book that was what? The seven S, six S's, seven S's. Yeah, there was a lot of S's. was side swaddle shushing yep. spanking uh, no oh. smack sword play sword play <laughs> <laughs> swashbuckling <laughs> i can't remember what the other ones were but there were some other s's that were less important yeah but the shushing i mean literally like it was telling you to shush them as loud as you possibly as could super and super loud I would be like almost spitting in their ears because I was shushing so loud, yeah. but it would I it am work the sea. magic. Yeah. 
the kid's just like, oh, because that's the noise that they hear for nine months yeah. is your wife's blood flow. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so your kids are now nine. Yeah. They're both healthy and happy. They are. They're in fourth grade. And um, you are what? You are in still tired. in a group with all oh. these. Because I know you guys found this magical twins group. Yeah. The, the uh, Mothers of Multiples Club. Is that what it's called? Yeah, mothers and mother, uh, mom, mom, mothers and multiples. Mothers and multiples. Yeah, we uh, we found that early on, and it was funny because I think they told us about it when we were in the hospital. They probably had like a little flyer or mm-hmm. something, and and Heidi's like, eh, I'm not really a joiner. Yeah, that was our life for the first two years. That right, our kids were born, and um, we're actually. I we're we're no longer dues paying members of the Mothers and Multiples Club, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool because you meet a lot of parents who are kind of going through the same thing. It's it's cool because they put you in with kind of a group of of parents whose kids are roughly the same age, mm-hmm. and you're just around these parents who are kind of you know they're they live the same life that you do, right? You know, their hell is the same as your hell, right? Right. And so it's pretty cool, and it was pretty funny too because there's a lot of multiples um in the saddleback valley where yeah. we live yeah and uh, i probably would blame clomid for that yeah um, but there's only a five percent chance but mm-hmm. um that's what they say yeah but there's i mean there's tons there's tons and i mean we were in a group of probably like 60 sets of multiples. wow and uh, so the interesting thing was is that the first i mean once you get like past the four month point you know mm-hmm. where your kids are it literally <laughs> we had a Birthday party in a park with cupcakes and shitty music every weekend. Right, I'm sure. For a year. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it was it was cool, though, because, you know, the moms got to know each other. They had meetings. You mm-hmm. know, they had Mother's Night Out. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so they would get them, you know, kind of back to being normal human beings, right. which is important for moms. And then the dads, you know, I mean, we're dads, we're guys, we're just like, whatever, we just go with the flow and it's yeah. all good. And, yeah. You know, and, and like, well, I'd show up at the, at the birthday party every weekend and I'd do the head nod. What's up, man? You know, yeah. to the same oh, guys. Oh, you got twins? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every weekend for a year, you know, yeah. and finally after like eight months, one of the moms was like, you know what? You dads should get together and do a poker night or something. And we're like. Yeah, we should. we should do that. So, um, so we did and we put that together and there was like eight of us mm-hmm. and, you know, and I mean, I still keep in touch with like five of those guys, you know, and That's they're, cool. they're, they're cool guys. And, you know, I mean, their kids are all, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So roughly the same age. And so, you know, and, and, uh, now we, now we take the kids camping and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that together. So yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. If you have twins and you're listening to this, you should, the mothers of multiples is nationwide. It's a national oh, organization. Okay. They're everywhere and they're, they're, they're really cool. Um, recommend that. And yeah, it's, uh, having twins is crazy. First year. Crazy. I'm pretty sure I have, uh, and you know, no disrespect, but like a, a version of sort of a wimpy version of PTSD, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, um, because I, I, I literally have no recollection of the f- first like eight months of my child's life. At yeah. All. It's just yeah. a black 
vortex that <laughs> black is probably the right color yeah. for it i mean i just i don't i don't remember you know i mean i've yeah. seen videos and i'm like oh look there i am mm-hmm. and um but but yeah like no recollection at all well and it was funny because i was teaching so i i left the restaurant right and i got a job teaching in mm-hmm. culinary school and like the first couple months of my kid's life i was during the day i would watch the kids and we have grandmothers who live close by. Mm-hmm. So my life was a little bit easier, I think. Uh, but then my wife would get home from work and then I would go to school and teach. And I can remember like sitting in front of the class and being like, you guys, I had 45 minutes of sleep in the last three nights. You guys are just going to read. <laughs> yep. This is when so Professor I'm, Green's going to just take a nap. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the demo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to not cut my hand off. And then I'm going to go um, into the back of the room and I'm going to lean against the wall. I'm going to shut my eyes. I'm going to sleep for four hours. If something catches on fire, uh, let me know. Otherwise, everybody passes. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seriously, like the first the first year of the kid's life was crazy. I'm sure. Were they on a similar schedule at all or? <laughs> so, yes. I remember you and I talked a lot about like when we were you were probably the most Zen master for us or, or for me at least uh, when we were getting ready to have Delilah and you led me to some good books and whatever. And I know baby wise, yeah, baby wise, dude. I mean, we started scheduling from day one, Mm -hmm. like literally the moment that my wife could like lift her head from her, you know, pain medicine induced fog. We put those kids on a schedule and Mm -hmm. we kept that schedule I mean, dude, the trains ran on time, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was no matter what Christmas day, the whole family's at my parents' house and we're like, it's four 30, we're leaving. And my mom's like, we haven't even had dinner yet. And I'm like, it's four 30, we're leaving, you know? <laughs> and, and, and like, and it's so funny cause grandmas don't get it. Right. They don't get it. They want to feed the kids, you know, fucking chocolate and sugar and yeah, orange yeah, juice yeah. and whatever tang. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. If I don't get these kids home in the next 45 minutes, my life for the next four days is going to be a living hell. Yeah, yeah. And other people don't get – I remember when we used to be at uh, Josh, not your brother, the other Josh's house. And they, there were people there who had kids, including my brother, Matt. Yeah. And they would say something like that. We got to go. The kids, we got to do this or whatever. And we would be like – Come on. What is wrong? It's one day. Like we're talking an hour or two hours. They're yeah. so lame. Like we really used to yeah. talk some massive. Until you had kids. Yeah, yeah. Until it's we had kids. And one day. I, we should probably send apology letters to a lot of people. <laughs> like we're so sorry. You don't realize this. But yeah. we talked about you a lot behind your back because of your <laughs> your precious schedule. <laughs> but so. dude, I mean, that's like the only thing. And I, and I mean, by the time my kids were four months old, they both were on the same schedule. They woke up at the same time. They ate at the same time and uh, they both slept through the night. That's awesome. You know? And I mean, that was all because we, and I mean, dude, we had an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we it. tracked everything. Oh, I did. You I, track your kids. Oh poops? yeah. I had, I just recently within the next last year, not next year, within the next year, within the I'm next going year, to time travel and throw this away. Crazy. Uh, do you within, have a DeLorean? I do. <laughs> within the last year, I threw away finally the notebook that I, Missy was like, they're not going to care to see that. <laughs> the I, poop log. I always thought it would be interesting because I had 
columns and it, I was handwriting Here's it. Here's a sample of your myconium. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had, I had the columns, uh, yeah. which were uh, when they ate or when, I think we did it more with Delilah. I don't think we did it with Sawyer. When she ate, uh, when she pooped, when she slept. Yep. Um, and there was something else on it too. When she was writing her novel. Because <laughs> uh, we really wanted to keep her up on that. <laughs> you gotta, here's the flashcard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but we, I, I had page. I had a full notebook full of that yeah. that we would always look back at. So I think this is pretty much a decent time to. I think we've covered fatherhood fairly well. Cool. All right. So uh, that is the words of wisdom of Jason Green, who has two kids: one male, one female. All right. Well, thanks for coming in for this episode. And I'm sure we are going to uh, move. I'm trying to do a better cut because all my fork in the roads have sucked so far at the cutting of it. So we will say uh, adieu to this episode and uh, move on to our fork in the road. Yes. You know way more languages than I do. Yeah. I speak Swahili fluently. Mm. So, uh, all right. Thank you for listening to this episode with Jason. I will uh, lead us out of this now and enjoy our fork in the road, which is coming up next. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. I think I did a little better job uh, coming out of this episode and getting ready for the fork in the road. Uh, I've been doing that pretty abruptly the last few conversations, so I apologize for that. I really wanted to focus on that with Jason, so there you have it. That's my better cut. So uh, thanks to Jason for coming in. For those of you who do not go straight to the Fork in the Road episode from here, uh, it may not even be available right now, but uh, I will thank you all for listening to this episode pretty crazy story about uh, Jason's childhood and uh, all the things that he went through as uh, way too young of an age. But I will say he definitely, regardless of how his mom handled it and how they handled it as a family unit, it has seemingly gone very well for him. And it, you know, doesn't seem like one of those things that created this large crack in his life's timeline and he's done really well and uh, been a very good guy. So thanks Jason for coming in. Thank you for listening again. You can find us on daddy unscripted on Twitter, uh, daddy unscripted at Facebook, as well as daddy unscripted.com for the blog and episode website. Please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review. Those reviews are so helpful and so meaningful to me, especially in this early going to possibly get my podcast onto the new and noteworthy. So it just takes a little bit of time and we are going to do a giveaway. I keep saying we are. I feel like the podcast is a second entity, I guess. I am going to do a giveaway for you subscribers. So When you subscribe, let me know what your username is that you used, uh, that you subscribed and left a review. And I will be doing a giveaway, potentially two separate giveaways, one to people that are not local to me and one to the people who are local to me here in Orange County or in Southern California. So 
Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more news on that. That is probably going to run all the way through to like Jul- the end of July before we start kind of looking at those results. So thanks again for all your support. I love it. And uh, hoping this really goes far and continues on. Send an email. Uh, you can send it to any of those other places or to daddyunscripted at gmail.com. I want your input. I want uh, to know how you're feeling about the podcast in general, as well as possible guests that you think I should try and get on the show and uh, some of those connections that possibly you can even make for me. I know one of you must know Matt Damon so that I can, uh, and Bruce Willis, he's the the other kind of big megastar I'd love to have on the show and talk about parenting and history and stuff like that. So uh, I know one of you must be able to have the poll for that, right? So make that happen. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode, which may very well be The Fork in the Road with Jason. Jason.